This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinker. Hello, hello, and welcome to the studio, Miss Tracy Hoopengardner. How are you? I'm well, Jody. Thank you. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Thanks for taking time out of your very busy real estate business to come here and spend time with us at Enjoy Cherokee Voices. I'm also here with Lisa Grisham. How are you today? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Yes. I'm going to introduce Lisa first. Lisa is a partner of mine in Leadership Cherokee. Best class ever. <clears throat> That's right. They liked us so much, they kept us an extra year. Absolutely. Pandemic year. That's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Lisa is also with uh, Cherokee County Emergency Services. Can you tell us a little bit about your job? Sure. So um, I work for Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services through the fire marshal's office, and we do the education and fire prevention programming as well as our Safe Kids programs, which work on other injury prevention topics. Mm-hmm. And what's coming up next month, October? Well, it's well. the biggest month of the year for the fire service because it is Fire Prevention Month, and we have lots of things going on. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have some some uh, time at the end to talk about what events are coming up, and okay. throughout the show, we're going to have a little a few things going on that tells a little bit about what's coming up and some ways people can better themselves, be knowledgeable about fire and fire safety. Tracy's over there just getting oh, comfortable. Yeah, she's getting comfortable, <laughs> wrecking up the chair. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we just had about five minutes to talk before we started the on-the-air conversation, That's and we right. found out we are both from the upper Midwest. Yes, ma'am. Yes, little towns, but... But now we're here in Cherokee County and loving it. Living the dream. That's right. (laughs) Tracy, how did you end up in Cherokee County? Um, I come from a family of six girls. Whoa. I am the youngest. Mm. And um, there's another family that we were all pretty well connected, being that there were many boys and uncles and family members that were friends and went to high school with my sisters. And... They had a concrete business that they came down to Georgia to start. And one, one sister started and came down here until she got on her feet on the ground. He helped her out. And then a year later, another one came. A year later, another one came. And so on and so forth. So I came down to Georgia when I was 20 in my uh, Plymouth Horizon. Ah, what, packed, year? what year? Packed full in 1993. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, had no idea how I was going to do it, but I did have my sister to say, hey, I'm going to help you out. And uh, I was willing to take the chance because I didn't want to stay in that hometown of 1900 people and work in the factory the rest of my life. You moved. Is, <laughs> am I right that you moved to Marietta first? I did. Mm-hmm. I st- and you were you were living in an apartment complex then? Yes, ma'am. Um, that is how I started to spread my wings and be very independent as I spread or I parted with my sister, um, Pam, um, I went and got my own apartment. And of course, my boyfriend at the time moved in with me as well. And the first apartment that we could afford was, I don't know if you're familiar with Franklin Road. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't Franklin Road. It was Franklin Drive. Did you know that that splits off and it goes over by the 
Dobbins Air Force Base. So I lived across the street from the Dobbins Air Force Base and uh, lived there for quite some time. And um, the boyfriend moved out. And I started realizing when a rapist actually broke into my apartment that I believe thought that I was there by myself. And I had a friend staying there with me. And bless her heart, she uh, woke up to a man straddling her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and my gosh. So she, you were at, this was at night, middle of the night, mm-hmm. and you're in your apartment. Yes, ma'am. And, and I hear busted her. busted in. Yes. They had broken in through the screen porch and then jimmied the sliding glass door, and that's how he got in. Oh, my gosh. Were you on the first floor? Yes. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. So... Long story short of that. (laughs) What did you do? So you hear her screaming, you get out of your bedroom. I hear her yell. Yeah, I hear her yell my name. So I immediately jump up and I get dressed because I'm like, obviously there's something wrong. I don't have any idea what's going on. And she's like, there was a man, there was a man. Please, I, I don't know where he went. He just went out the door. He just went out the door. This is not wise of me for the steps that I took next because I literally just went on my adrenaline and I ran into the kitchen. I grabbed two butcher knives and I went sprinting out the door and ran around the building hoping that I would find him. I know that sounds horrible. It it is a horrible story, but it was just my quick reaction. Never know what you're going to do at the moment. Correct. And, and ironically, uh, at the time there was a, a lot of rapes going on and there was a huge case looking for a gentleman that was they called him something, the Southside Rapist or something like that. And it's not going to come to my mind, however. So once I got 911 on the phone and the police started arriving, it wasn't just the police. I had the FBI in there. There was oh my goodness. police everywhere. And they were all searching through the entire neighborhood, dusting for prints. And the guy knew what he was doing. We had a charcoal grill out the back door. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well out on the other side of the patio, he had rubbed the charcoal on his fingers. So he left no prints. That's how smart he was. He left no, it seems like there'd be a lot of prints if he left the charcoal. Because he rubbed, because he rubbed charcoal all over his fingers. It, you couldn't couldn't pick up any, couldn't pick up. Oh my goodness. mm -hmm. So, um, at that point, at that point is when I decided, okay, well, I was actually in property management at the time. I was a leasing agent at the time. And so of course my manager says, you're, you're leaving and we're getting your apartment now. So we of course moved to another apartment. And then there were some other things that went on in the city of Marietta that just started being signs to me that I really wanted to just have a slower paced area to grow Mm -hmm. up. And I kind of was missing home and wanted something that made me feel a little more like at home. So I got my thrifty nickel (laughs) <laughs> the newspaper that was like a newspaper wasn't I'm it? really aging myself oh my gosh <laughs> um got the thrifty nickel started circling properties and started literally just driving around I knew nothing about the area um I just knew I wanted to go further north and I just started driving to these properties that were for rent and I found um 5421 Applewood Court and this is this is in Ackworth, but in the Cherokee County side. I think people, a lot of people don't realize how much of Ackworth mm-hmm. is inside the Cherokee County lines. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you found this beautiful house. What was it? Like? What was it like? You, you like you just saw it and a for sale sign, and you wanted to. Go I in? saw the for rent sign. Well, remember, oh. I found it in the Thrifty Nickel, so I oh, had, right. I drove directly there, and then um, I hadn't called the gentleman. And again, this is before 
I'm really aging myself. This is before internet and your smartphones and everything was really quick to find. So I hadn't ca- even called the gentleman because I just wanted to drive by these properties. And I saw the house and it was a split level with cedar siding, you know, the traditional early 80s home, you know, with a large yard. And I saw the privacy fence going around the backyard. And I thought, well, let me just go look at the backyard. So I walked up to it and I was like, oh, it's probably going to be locked. And at that time, the gate swung open. The wind like pushed it oh, open. The wind said, <laughs> enter. Come on I in. like you. Come on in. Yep. And so I've got goosebumps. So I walked in and I saw the yard and it was huge. And I, I just wanted this space. And so I, of course, go right back and I call the, the landlord and set it up so that we could get in there as soon as we could. And, and you rented it. So how long did you live there? So we... Well, so we started out renting it Mm -hmm. and my husband and I, well, then boyfriend still together. I mean, at that point it had been going on six years. We rented it for about three years, maybe Mm -hmm. two. I could be incorrect on my timing. It's been a while. And all I went out and started looking at houses with my friend who was a real estate agent. And I started realizing like, I can stay in this house already done with all my things in it. And I love this house. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll sell it to me. And so that's when we started the process of me buying. Oh, uh, okay. We bought it together, um, Applewood Court. And so we were there from 98, mm-hmm. Some, mm-hmm. maybe 1998. And um, we stayed there until... Well, the fire. Until the fire. Yeah. New Year's Eve, 2007. Tell me about that day. What what were you planning that night? Hmm. So we had plans to be lay low. We're not going to go out. We're starting to outgrow that, you know, go out to the clubs on New Year's Eve. It's Mm kind of dangerous and kind of over it. And we had just met a new couple that had a brand new baby that moved in next door. So I said, let's invite them over for dinner and just hang out and do the old couple know, kind of thing. Yeah. Kind, you <laughs> yeah. know, play some music, you know, get some movies and you know, whatever we feel like doing, shoot some pool because we did have a pool table. And um, so we invited them over, but that morning, this is the irony. And I, I'm sure everybody's seen the show. This is us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that show nailed it on the head in regards to how things went down. And it was really strange. It was like somebody was writing my life Mm. for that day. When I woke up that morning, the one smoke detector that we had was beeping over and over and over again. How did it go? Like beep, 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 um, pause, beep, 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 you know, beep. And it would, you'd forget about it for a while. And then Uh, all of a sudden, chirp, that's a chirp, beep. And you would forget about it for a while. What does that chirp mean, Lisa? So there are definitely some different sounds for fire alarms. And the chirp means either the battery is low and it needs to be changed out or that the smoke alarm is um, not good anymore. Okay. Okay. We realized that we needed a nine volt battery. So what are we going to do? We decided to go to Best Buy and pick up a nine volt battery along with some other fun things because it was New Year's Eve and we were going to make it fun. So we got some CDs we wanted to play. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm aging myself again. We got some DVDs, you know, to watch and something for us to do. Well, we left the store, went home, and I said, we forgot the 9-volt battery, did you? We did not get the 9-volt battery. (laughs) Now, that totally sounds like something I would do. And that's the weird thing about This Is Us is they did the exact same thing. 
Oh. Yeah. Um, not to compare to a very popular TV show. I'm just telling you that it really hit home for me. And with that said, so we came home that day realizing that we forgot about it. But I mean, it's happened before. You know, we've we've had mm-hmm. and to even think about we only had one smoke detector didn't phase me. I've been afraid of many things of of my death and how it's gonna happen in my life. One was not a fire. It never dawned on me the possibility that I could pass from being in a fire while I'm asleep. I never, ever thought about that. I always pictured myself being awake. Oh, and I'll just put it out. But that's not the way it happened. How did it happen? So the couple came over that night. We had a lovely, you know, dinner. And of course, I lit a bunch of candles, you know, trying to make the ambiance fun a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, New Year's Eve and My husband, they went home and my husband was like, I'm making sure I'm blowing out all these candles. I said, thank you. You know, because he was going around and I was like, yeah, there's that one on the mantle. There's this one and that one. About, I think, one o'clock, we went to bed. And when we, so we went to bed about, I think it was about one or one thirty. went to sleep. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up, I sit up in the bed and I'm, I'm looking like, for the TV, we always slept with the TV on. Mm-hmm. And I look and I'm like, why is the TV not on? And then I'm like, where is the TV? Where is the TV? I couldn't see it. And I raised oh. my hand and realized I can't see my hand in front of my face. So I immediately say, Duffy, that's my husband. I yell his name. And he then literally like clockwork, just jumped up and said, we have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. So I start getting dressed with him. We go down the hallway And at this point, everything is black. I mean, it is really hard to see. It's a split level. Our base, or excuse me, our bedroom, the master bedroom was on one end of the house. Mm -hmm. We're walking towards the stairwell, which is where the living room is. And it's completely engulfed. In, In black flames. In flames. Flames. So you see these movies and you think that you see the fire and it's all bright and it's not like that. You literally cannot see a thing. So it's basically it's darts of fire coming through this black. It <clears throat> and uh, he did you st- get disoriented? Not at the time. Okay. Um, he's running down the stairs in front of me again. It's a split level. He runs down the stairs in front of me. I take about four steps and I was like, wait a minute, Duffy. Jeter was my cat. And he was like a child to me. Mm -hmm. And like, he was super cool. Like every time I came home from work, he would raise his arms up for me to pick him up like a kid. He was really, really cool. Um, The minute I said that, I turned around and started running back. And he started screaming, you can't go back in there. And I continued to run. And I was going down the hallway. And once I got, I would say to, I didn't know where I was, but once I started getting in there is when the disorientation started coming on. Ah. I, at one point, believed that I was at my dining room back French doors where the fire was already, you know, completely in a blaze and very disoriented as to where I was. My husband's at the door screaming, you have to get out, you have to get out and with some choice words. And at that point, I realized I can't find you. In my head, all of a sudden, the elementary school education thing started coming back. When it came to fires, feel down the baseboards, go along the floor, get as low as you can. So immediately, I start feeling 
the one trim that I could find and going down the baseboard. And I tried to start going a little bit further, but I was starting to fade. And at one point I literally made my peace with God and I said, okay, if this is it, I'm okay. And I I just felt a sense of peace. Fellaini Performing Arts Center announces the sophisticated, warm voice of jazz artist Carla Harris, live in concert. Carla Harris is a nationally recognized jazz vocalist that draws listeners into the story and musical substance of the song she sings. She will be performing live on the campus of Reinhardt University in the Fellaini Performing Arts Center the evening of Friday, October 8th at 7.30 p.m. Critical Jazz describes Carla Harris's performances as rich, full-bodied, and with a slightly buttery finish. Carla Harris has mad skills, a vocal artist with impeccable phrasing and the innate gift to have the band play with and not around her. Carla Harris, live at the Fellaini Performing Arts Center, Friday, October 8th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available at www.reinhardt.edu slash Fellaini. That's www.reinhardt.edu slash Fellaini. Follow Enjoy Cherry. Facebook page for a chance to win tickets to the show. And at one point, I literally made my peace with God and I said, okay, if this is it, I'm okay. And I, I just felt a sense of peace. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And there you were just laying on the floor. Yes. So where I ended was at the end of the hallway, right in front of my bedroom door. Mm-hmm. The next thing that I felt was the zipper I had put a hoodie on mm-hmm. and I could feel the zipper cutting into my neck. And so I like, I came to and I realized Duffy had came in, grabbed a hold. He found me, grabbed a hold of the hood on my hoodie and oh. just started pulling me to get me out of there. Oh my goodness. I got up and I started taking a few steps and I fell con- unconscious again. He then basically throws me down the stairs Oh, I then not. No, no. I mean, it, he's trying with to good get reason me. with yeah. good reason. Yeah. Um, what I recall is coming to again and he's like, you have to go. You have to go. We were we had just renovated this house and that's a whole nother story. But we were working on the front do- deck. So mm-hmm. it had no railing. Mm. And literally, he basically kind of took me off of that deck and I hit the ground and I remembered feeling the wet grass in detail. I can remember this. And at that point, I turned around to look back at the house. And that's when all the windows exploded. Oh, my gosh. Where, was the fire, did fire emergency get there or anything yet? You were just alone, the two of you. Correct. No, they hadn't made it there yet. The only reason why, well, I shouldn't say the only reason. The reason why the neighbor called wasn't because of the fire. They had no idea. It was because they heard him screaming profanity. Get, really? Get, get the, you know, out, get out with choice words again. Yes. They thought we were having a domestic dispute. So they, oh, thank God they called the <clears throat> emergency. Yeah. I don't know the amount of time it took them to get there. All I know is that I ran right across the street to a gentleman. Of course, I'm not going to remember his name. Forgive me. He was such a nice man. He was a retired firefighter or still a firefighter at the time. And I just started banging on the door, screaming at that point, I'm in shock. Oh, I'm literally running through the yards, just screaming help, going back to my husband, looking at him in the eyes and we're just in shock. I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain 
where my mind was. It, I was hmm, in shock. I, I, that's the best way I can describe it. I can't imagine. I mean, you can't even begin to start thinking of, you know, the loss part of it isn't even probably in your mind yet. It's more of what is happening right this very second. I just wanted Jeter. <laughs> I just wanted my cat. And, and that's all I kept screaming about. I just, yeah, yeah. I just wanted him because he, you know, he, he was, he was a kid to me, you know? Yeah. And Jeter didn't make it. No. no. So Ugh. that is, yeah, it was, um, it was really, I haven't really spoken about it in a really long time. It's, it comes back. The feelings come back. You were there right now. Can you smell it? Not really. No. I smell it whenever I go back to look at my old pictures that actually did survive and those things that did survive that I held on to. They'll always have that smell, you know. So, um, yeah, um, honestly, I just kept screaming out for my, you know, my cat and looking at Duffy. And I just remembered us standing there and staring at each other just with tears in our eyes. And we had just worked so hard on that house, too. We literally within the last four to six months, put in brand new windows, siding, HVAC. We really were creating our home. And, uh, and there it was fully ablazed. Um, so what did it burn to the ground? It did not the, so again, the split level. So on the left side, it was completely down to the ground Mm -hmm. on the right side. Um, they, they managed to salvage quite a bit of it. From what I understand, when I woke up, the fire had already started to come over. It was working its way down the hallway, if I remember correctly. So that's why I couldn't see anything. Because the hallway you were laying in is where it was working its way into? Correct. Okay. So the fire was already moving past the kitchen towards our bedroom is mm-hmm. basically what happened. Yeah. And then I just, I don't know what woke me up. I don't know if it was my guardian angel. I don't know if my cat possibly was, you know, nudging at me or I have no idea. I literally sat straight up in my bed out of nowhere and just said to myself, why is the TV not on? And I'm like, where in the hell is the TV at? (laughs) Do you ever recall not being able to breathe? Was it? Yes. There at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. When I said my peace with God. Yeah. I, I, I thought that I couldn't breathe anymore. I don't even know how I was breathing before. I don't know how I even breathed, could breathe for that long. I really have no idea. So when Duffy came in to get you, did Mm -hmm. he come in the same door he went out of? Yes. So he had to buck all of that to get to you in that hallway. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Wow. That is the ceiling. We had just refinished our ceilings with spackle because we didn't like the star look. So we tried to make it cool and uh, (laughs) do really cool design, you know, just Mm -hmm. swirlies. And Mm -hmm. that was just falling in on us. Like there was fire on the ground. There was fire everywhere. And we were barefoot and he was getting, he has still has scars on the back of his neck today. Wow. He really, I, I don't know how he got up the courage to come in and find me and the blessing that he he said what he did is he took three big breaths and he held it and he just ran in and he just went down the hallway and started swinging his arms. And luckily. In hopes of finding him, in hopes of touching you. Yes. Oh my gosh. This could have went horribly wrong. Yes. It, I mean, it, not, there's not a whole lot of right that went in here, but yeah, that could have went horribly wrong. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. 
Wow. hundred percent. So now you're standing outside, you're watching the fire Mm -hmm. take over Mm -hmm. and the fire and police and yes, they all showed up. Um, again, I was in shock. And of course the first guy that I see with the fire hose, I run up to him and I'm like, please, can you please help me? Cause I'm still worried about Jeter. I said, my baby's inside. (gasps) I know. I saw the look, even as in shock that I was, I could remember everybody's face I looked at. It's the strangest Mm. thing. Very detailed. My husband, I would, it felt like we stared at each other for about five minutes straight and didn't move. Like we just, so, but when the man looked at me and I realized his concern of, oh my goodness, there's a child inside. I I literally said, my cat Jeter, my cat Jeter, because I, I realized that he was about to, throw down that hose and go running inside. Um, That part I do remember. (laughs) Um, Again, there was a lot of chasing me. It's the oddest thing. I don't don't know. A lot of chasing you. So as a child, my parents, I grew, (laughs) I don't know if I should share this. I I grew up in a um, household where my parents fought a lot. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I would sneak out the back door and I literally would run through the yards and I would do somersaults and flips and do weird stuff. And I guess that's how I cope with my shock. And still to this day, literally I was running around. That's all I remembered. They, and the EMTs were trying to calm me down and I'm like, no, no, you know, of course I have to wait. I want to see if they get, you know, Jeter and, um, yeah, that's, um, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> yeah. To run away from it, but not to really leave. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I just wanted to, I don't know. I wanted somebody to help me and I was running up to all the firemen and whoever would listen to me <laughs> for the yeah. moment. Wow. That is a, that's quite a story, Tracy. Yeah. It's well, uh, filled with emotions. Holy cats. It really so, is. Did you go to the hospital? I did. Mm -hmm. I did. Um, Duffy as well? Yes. Um, He had burns on his hands, on his feet, the back of his neck. And I think that was it for him. I don't know what, I I don't know what or why, maybe because when I was trying to crawl on the ground, my hands were burned. I remembered going towards in the blackness. And I think I got too close to the heat because my, my face was burned, but not like melted away. But like I was my, a big chunk of my hair was burned off. My forehead was completely burned up. My nose was burned up where he was dragging me, where the items that were coming from the ceiling were falling on the ground. Mm -hmm. He had to drag me and I had a burnt, huge burn from my rib cage down to about my knee. And of course, my hands and my feet had huge blisters on it, um, mostly second degree, believe it or not, um, second and third degree, I would say. But yeah. So do you recall they, during this time when you were in shock, do you recall being in severe pain from that? No, so I, you, I don't remember any pain until they put me in the shower to clean off those wounds. And then that's when I felt it. But yeah, oddly enough, God gives us this wonderful checkout where when you're really, yeah. really in distress as your body is, it, it, it shuts off. You're not thinking about it. And again, that comes with the shock. Right. Thank goodness. You're right. That is a gift. It That's is. a gift from above. Yes. Absolutely. 
So no, I didn't feel anything. I remembered being in the ambulance and thank God I don't ever take my wedding ring off. We had just been married in 2003, but you know, this is very sacred to me. And I remember just looking at them. My hands were so swollen. They were just so huge and they were trying to get my ring off. They had to cut it off. And I remember that distinctly. After mm-hmm. that, the morphine, I think, kicked in. When when was it? In the ambulance? Mm-hmm. They had to cut it off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Were you in the hospital very long or in a burn center or anything? Um, you know, I what we were. Do I remember how long? I would say probably only four to five days, mm-hmm. I think. Was his burns, were his burns as well, just second and third degree burns? Mm-hmm. Lisa, I'm going to come to you for a question on this. What is the difference between first, second, and third degree burns? Okay, so when you say as simple as second or third degree burns, really second or third degree burns are not that simple. So a first degree burn is something like when we were growing up in high school and we used the curling iron and <laughs> would touch mm-hmm. touch it to our head. And Oh, you mean that I, I did that this morning that doesn't matter? Well, <laughs> it still counts. It still counts. High school. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah. So that would be considered something like a first degree burn. Oh, really? So that's the least, least. of the burns. Yes. Okay. So And it's painful. A first degree burn is very painful. Mm-hmm. A second degree burn also is painful, but that's typically where it has burnt down to another layer, through mm-hmm. another layer of skin or to another level of layers of skin. And now you might have an open wound type Mm -hmm. situation, Mm -hmm. um, which is going to need medical care. Mm -hmm. Still very painful. A third degree burn is not painful because now you have gotten down to where the nerves have been damaged. So you're not feeling that. So that's even deeper. And that's where the nerve damage happens. So when for her to say second and third degree burns, that's very serious. Do you feel you said that properly? No, I don't feel that I said that properly. So I was thinking... I had second and third degree burns. In my mind, I thought first was worse. <laughs> so you know that the medical report was second and third degree burns. Correct. Meaning you just I had some first, like the bubbles on my, my yeah. fingers. It was really strange. I had huge blisters that were just full of the pus, like that wouldn't. Ugh. Yeah. So yes, I, I guess I had it all. <laughs> You did. If you had second and third degree burns, you also had first okay. degree burns. This was the worst. This was the the ribs caged down to my leg. I I was scarred for a really long time, and I don't even on my face. And this is not from it. Um, but this, I just want you to know, she's pointing to something that I see nothing. Okay, you have so such I just a beautiful re- complexion well, that it's you. really hard for me to understand that your How? face was burned. Yeah, I mean, can you just lift? She's got beautiful bangs, but <laughs> there, I don't see a scar at all on your face. Not a mark. No, it. No. I I have no idea how it happened, but it just it healed. Well, you were quite young. And it was yes, and I was really concerned about it, of course, with the vitamin E and the right medication that they sent home with me. I was very, very worried about that. I, so not to be vain, but I, I didn't want to be left like that. Um, and when you see, when you do look at the video, you you can clearly see where I'm burned. Yes. Okay. Lisa. So let me add in here what, what I think probably happened there. So when you have a burn, your skin needs to release the heat. So when they were trying to take your jewelry off, the reason they're trying to take your jewelry off, first of all, is because of the swelling, but second of all is so that that heat doesn't 
stay right in that one place. Oh, so you'd take all your clothes off. You'd have to be completely void of anything. So you want to get those items off if possible. If they're already stuck to the The wound, Mm -hmm. then you leave it alone until medical folks can take care of it for you. Because what's happened is you've covered that up and now the heat has nowhere to escape. So it's burning down into your skin further rather than releasing the heat out. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Do you know what to do when you hear this sound? When you hear a chirp, make a change. A single chirping sound coming from your smoke detector every 30 to 60 seconds indicates the battery is low and must be changed. So when you hear the chirp, make a change. Now, do you know what to do when you hear this sound? When you hear a beep, 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 get on your feet. Three quick beeps in a row mean there is a fire. Get out, stay out, and call 911 from outside. Now, let's see how beep savvy you are. What does this sound mean? Four beeps in a row means your carbon monoxide detector is activated and you must get outside to breathe fresh air immediately. Stay outside and call 911. Learn the sounds of fire safety. Beep knowledge saves lives. For more safety tips, visit www.firepreventionweek.org and www.sparky.org. Welcome back. I'm here with Lisa Grisham from the Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services and Tracy Hoopengardner, a survivor of a house fire who suffered tremendous pain from being burned in her Cherokee home over the New Year's of 2006. Lisa? You were just helping Tracy better understand the pain that she endured in this horrible incident. Can you just continue there? The shock actually was probably what was taking care of your pain. Mm -hmm. Um, You were in that state and you weren't thinking relative to what was going on with with your wounds or it was those third degree burns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I didn't feel. I did not feel anything literally until even as we had to sit down at Grady um and it was packed for uh, it was New Year's Eve it was New Year's oh my gosh New Year's Eve New Year's Day now at Grady correct after midnight after midnight and it was so busy that they kept (laughs) they kept us in first of all they separated us and that tripped me out because I needed to know where he was and if he was okay. My husband, Duffy. Oh, you separate, they separated the two of you. They separated Mm. us and I'm still in shock and I'm raising my hands and asking God why. And, and it was, I'll tell you, that was like a really bad experience for me. And I, I, I'm not saying Grady hospital was bad to me, it could it's just this one individual, this nurse came up and she was like, very rudely, what are you screaming about? What are you screaming about? And I literally was just praying to God and I, I wanted my husband and I, I didn't know what was going on and I was still disoriented and I had no idea where I was. I knew I was in a hospital, mm-hmm. but I had no idea where my husband was. I didn't know if he was worse off than me. At this point, I just needed... My, I needed him. I needed my family. Right. Then they wheel me out and they put me in the hallway. And I'm remembered. I don't remember the EMT that was taking me or who it was that was taking me out to the hallway. But I kept trying to turn around to find my husband. And I was touching the wall. And I remembered 
him distinctly saying, do not touch the walls. You have to, please don't touch the walls, you're, you know, because it's a hospital and right. I'm, I'm completely, you're pretty much, you know, burned up. Um, well, and they were, I'm sure they were afraid of infection or anything. Yes, of so. course. And that's, and that's the other thing with burns is burns. Um, the reason people don't survive burns is typically because of the infection that sets in, mm. um, not because of the burns themselves. Wow. So oh because you've got o completely open wounds and it has, it's such an opportunity for those germs to get into those wounds. Mm. So the lady that cleaned me up when I got to the hospital made sure <laughs> that I was not going to get infected. <laughs> Bless her heart. She was the sweetest lady. But I called her every name in the book because oh she, gosh. it felt like a Brillo pad was going up and down my wound. It was insanely painful. I mean, I was climbing at the shower, like trying to pull away from her. You're, she's lucky she, you didn't crack her one. I know. I mean, I would have, I think it would have been innate for me to she want to. She was really somebody. the perfect woman to do it. I remember her, um, she was just so kind. She's like, sweetheart, what we're about to do is going to be really painful. Can't they give you morphine or something? So I was. You were already on mm -hmm. it. You know. Mm. I mean, blood curdling screams Ugh. from my, from, from my Bless core. Bless your heart. Yeah, that was the worst part of, honestly, uh, besides losing everything we had and just worked for. Um, yeah, that, that was the one time that all of a sudden click, I'm feeling pain now. I'm feeling pain. It's a lot of pain. And is she going to stop doing this soon? It, was that the same night? Was that still in the yeah. ER? Yeah. Uh, that's when they had brought us to a room okay. and they finally got us together. And well, first they put us in a room together and then they finally moved us to our own room. And then they came and brought, took me out again and took me to do the shower thing. And then I imagine he had to do the same eventually. No, he didn't have anything that was as extensive oh, as okay. the wound that I had on my side from, because literally he had to drag me across coals, fire. Unbelievable. He had to drag me across it. And my dead weight was like, you know, of course, just being drug through it, you know? Do you have nightmares about this? I did. Yeah. I did at first. Um, not anymore. And, and, and the nightmare isn't, believe it or not, about the fire. It, it was my, it sounds silly, I know, to talk about a cat like this, but it no. was my love for this animal. And it was always that, yes, I was still in the fire, but I couldn't find him. I couldn't find him. I wasn't afraid of the fire in my dreams. My nightmares were more of, maybe it wasn't just losing him, but kind of losing our dream. We just worked really hard on that house. Well, it's grieving and yes, and the whole loss of your best friend, your cat, mm -hmm. the person you came home to every when yeah. that person listened to me. I got cats I know, too. I know. But it's, it's that beating heartbeat, of course, in your house, and you have such affection for those animals, and to know that. And I beat myself up because I kept him in that night. Normally, I let him out, but it was New Year's Eve. I was concerned about the fireworks going off. Is he going to run off somewhere different? Let's just go ahead and keep them in. It's New Year's Eve. And you were being a good mommy. Okay. You were. You were being a good mommy. But that is, I think that somehow you needed to grieve about that whole loss. And yeah. that was one place to focus, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know the answer to that. But it seems like that would have been an outlet for me to really weep. Yeah. And that, 
because sometimes you can't weep over a, I don't know, a, your favorite casserole dish or something. Yeah. But when it's something you care about. I didn't about care about deeply. anything else. That, that, you know, I just didn't care about anything else. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it sucked. We so, didn't have a house anymore. We didn't have clothes anymore. Where are we going to stay now? Are, are, is our insurance going to give us money? I don't know. We had so much ahead of us, you know, that that wasn't even crossing my mind. I could care less. Like, we'll figure it out. But him being gone was the hardest thing for me. I want to move on to it. It was the hardest thing for here. me. When you were let go, or let go. When you were released yeah, from absolutely. the hospital, then, mm-hmm. and you just brought something up about where do you go? Where do you mm-hmm. stay? You don't have any clothes. Right. You don't have anything. Right. I assume you still had your jobs, but how do you? So how Duff, do you move forward there? Okay, so Duffy is he owns his own landscaping company. Okay. Um, he did have a worker with him at the time who helped him take over basically, you know, get jobs done continuously. I worked in a restaurant at the time. I was a bartender manager for Sideline Sports Bar Grill and Girl. Um, between the time of the fire happening, I take that back. I wasn't working there. They're just my family. I was working for the mortgage company, Saluna First. They're no longer in business, but I worked for Saluna First. And by the time we were, the fire happened and we got home, by the time I got to my in-laws, my in-laws live just around the corner okay. um, in Town Lake in Woodstock. By the time we got there, Sidelines, who I used to work for for many years, already took donations. They literally had things sitting there waiting for us when we got there. Clothes, dishes, oh, you name it. It takes a village right there. Yeah. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Um, So, yeah, that was the plan. And thank God we live close to my in-laws. And that's my, you know, my husband's um, mother and father. They've, they're wonderful, wonderful people. And they took us in and, of course, just took care of us. Um, Another blessing. A huge blessing. Yes, absolutely. Do we know what the cause of the fire was? No. 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 Undetermined. Because the house... What I'm understanding, if I remember, and I cannot remember the the man that investigated it. Uh, do you recall, Lisa? I know his first name is Ozzy. I'm re- uh, that, that is right. Ozzy is the investigator. And his last name is escaping me at the moment as well. Okay. But he was the investigator for that fire. Yeah. Okay. So, and he was super, super cool. Um, he just asked us the normal questions and everything. What do we think would have caused it? Did you have a fire in the house that night, uh, in, in the chimney, uh, in the fireplace, excuse me? Um, do you smoke in the house? Well, we didn't smoke in the house. We just renovated it, you know, because we, we were smokers. And um, did you have a fire in the fireplace? No. Candles around the house? The candles. That was one thing. But then we just started talking about, um, I will say this, we started talking about, I had Glade plugins. In every room, mm-hmm. every, like I was a Glade plug-in girl, <laughs> at least not even just Glade, you name it, the, the wizard, the air, air wizard or whatever. Oh yeah. You can get them I love the now. plugins. I love the plugins and I had them in every room. And he asked me, he said, do you keep up on those in regards to replacing it when it's empty? And I said, no, I really wasn't on top of it. And he said, that very well may have been your cause. I <gasps> Lisa? said, Absolutely. I mean, it, if it's empty and it's still just generating Cooking. heat, generating heat, generating heat, 
eventually it could spark. It could do lots of different things. It's an electric. It's in an electrical outlet. Mm-hmm. So they also they had also done renovations. So there could have been many things that could have gone wrong with that. Even having licensed people, they're, they're human folks. There yeah, be, they can uh, make mistakes. They can make yeah. mistakes. So that fire was never determined what, what exactly started it. It could have been lots of different things. <laughs> the candles may not have been blown quite out, or maybe one got blown out and a spark went somewhere else when it was being blown out. There's lots of different things it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that we just did do the siding, he did put the siding over the cedar, mm-hmm. which was the original from the 80s. I'm sure it was just like a matchstick. Sure. Along with all sure. the freshly stained polyurethane that I just put around all of our baseboards and the trim and the paint. And, you know, it was just, it was a, a big matchstick. It's, it must be pretty difficult to determine what starts a fire. I would think that would be a very difficult investigation. In some cases, absolutely. And just like in her case, they never quite figured it out. But other cases are simple. They can follow the trail of the fire. They can see, they can backtrack to where that trail started. Mm. And they call that the seed of the fire. They can backtrack based on the burn, the way the burns go up the walls or the patterns through the doors or Mm -hmm. even on the ceilings. They follow it kind of backwards to try to figure out where it could have initiated. Yeah. And he, you know, again, the split level, you can visualize it. Of course, you have, you know, the A-frame on one side and then it, you know, goes off to the right. That entire A-frame was completely burned to the ground. Unbelievable. Nothing. Everything was just And so can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Because this could explain a lot about why that side burnt faster and the other side was left was that an open floor plan more or less yeah okay so when we talk to people in the public about fires today it takes a it would take you about two minutes to get out you have about two minutes to get out of your house whereas years ago you had six or eight minutes to get out of your home because it would be contained in a boxed room yes because those older homes had boxed off rooms it compartmentalized the fire. So these open floor plans and things like that allow more oxygen mm. and allow the heat to build up and all of that. And it, it goes through the home faster. Wow. Plus, just like you said, the products that we use today are much more flammable than some of the products we might've used years ago. Oh For my sure. goodness. So one of the things I wanted to ask, um, Tracy was, was your bedroom door closed? No, it was open. Okay. This is another big lesson that we can take from this is sleeping with your doors closed or keeping your doors closed. Remember, we talked about compartmentalization and keeping the fire out and then the homes that have all the different rooms, how that helps. Well, when you go to sleep at night, if you close your door, if there is a fire, what you're doing is giving yourself extra time time to get out. So on one side of that door, it might be a thousand degrees. On the other side of the door, it's about 100, and that's very survivable. So you could have found a second way out, or people can find a second way out the window, or maybe they have another door that goes out. So going back to your home escape plans, too, is know a second way out of every room of your house. That just freaked me out because I don't have a second way out. On our second floor, there's 
we don't have any. First of all, it's a three story drop if we go out our bedroom window and there's no ropes. There's no ladder. So right now, right now, they're on sale everywhere. All the smoke alarms and the fire extinguishers and fire ladders. Yes. Fire ladders. Mm -hmm. See, I got to go get one of these. Where do I get something like that at Lowe's? Any of the home improvement stores, Walmart, any, any places like that that sell smoke alarms and things like that usually have the fire ladders as well. And you keep it in the room. And then if you need it, the fire ladder is kind of like a chain system. So it'll go out the window and you can climb out the window. Even if you had climbed down two stories, you've, and you, you had to yeah. jump one story or they have longer ones as well. That's very, very interesting. I think I'm going to get some on the way home tonight. Yikes. I like to hear that. Okay. Tell me about some of the things that maybe survived your fire. So again, the entire A-frame left side of the house on the split level home was completely down to the ground. As a matter of fact, my mother, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my husband, and some of my other family members actually went over through the home of what was survived and they gathered it and put it all in the garage Believe it or not, my wedding pictures survived. Um, You're kidding me. No, I was blessed to have, well, I had photos on the walls. Those are gone. However, my proofs and my negatives, I kept in a Tupperware on a Tupperware box with a lid underneath a bed in the guest room. So even when the, the fire was over and the, all the water that came down, it landed on the bed. It didn't touch so the, my wedding pictures. All the bedrooms were off on one side and that, mm-hmm. that part kind of survived. Correct. But everything in the main part of the house was gone. Yeah. Well, I, I shouldn't say because down the hallway, that bathroom, there was a bathroom that was completely gone as well. Um, but yeah, the bedrooms, they, except for the roof and the, the ceiling, it, it was open to the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it had burned. Yes. Um, I still have my, my soot wedding dress. Oh, you do. And <laughs> I don't know why I'm holding on oh to it. Gosh. It's just sitting up there. But anyway, but I will tell you, it took me a long time to come to looking through those things at the time that my mother-in-law was asking me to go ahead and go through them. Um, you know, let's decide what you want to keep. Let's get rid of the things, you know, and I hadn't even driven by the house. I had never been to the house and I decided, okay, well, maybe it's time. And she's like, yeah, she's like, especially I I found uh, pages of a Bible around the area of the house. And I said, wait a minute, you found pages of a Bible, but what's left of, did you find my grandfather's dictionary? I said, that's my grandmother's Bible did you find my grandfather's dictionary? And she's like, no. And I said, well, what's left of my armoire? Again, we had just bought brand new furniture. Mm -hmm. Loved that armoire. I mean, it was, you know, 2006, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it was out of date then. But anyway, (laughs) I said, well, what's left of the armoire? Like, is it still in a frame or something? And she said, absolutely not. She said the entire left side of the house is nothing but soot and ash. It is down to the ground. I said, well, that's really strange because my grandmother's Bible sat on top of my grandfather's dictionary inside of the armoire in the living room. And I said, where did you find these pages? And she said they were scattered everywhere. It was like somebody threw them in the air and they just landed. There were some in the street. There were some in the yard. There were some in the backyard, the side yard, and they were all just singed around the edges of the pages and in, even in some of the pages were my grandmother's bookmarks of 
of oh my that she had kept in goodness. there. Yeah, that is something else, isn't it? Do you you still have those today? I do, and not oh, not a sign of the dictionary. Nothing else is left. I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. I think I know who your guardian angel was that yes, day. Yes, ma'am. Leo LeMay. Leo LeMay Sap. That's my grandmother. Oh, that that name just melts my heart. <laughs> Leo LeMay Sap. Oh yes. my gosh. Well, that's kind of moving. Holy oh. cats. It was quite moving for me. I framed um, for my mother um, one of, I can't remember what what chapter and verse it is. But I framed it for her for Mother's Day inside a shadow box. So she has that to keep. Oh, my gosh. Because it, of course, was it was her mother. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Not a problem. Lisa, about how many fires do we have um, in houses in Cherokee County a year, maybe? That's a good question. I'm not going to be able to answer that just right sitting right here. But we have um, less than we did um, probably six or eight years ago, our instances of fires have gone down, but we still do have uh, multiple fires a year. And most of them start in the kitchen and spread, and mm-hmm. then they spread quickly. And if they cause damage, most of the time it's because they don't have working smoke alarms. Boy, how <laughs> one smoke alarm. One, I've never thought about it. You had one smoke alarm and it was dead because you didn't have the battery. Yes. Okay. We had no notification. There was nothing to warn us, which is why it got so out of hand. How long do the, you think it took you and Duff to get out? I mean, then you went back in, but how long do you think you were in that house while it was on fire? Once you woke up to the time you had your hands on the grass. It felt like about 20 to 30 minutes. It probably in reality was 15. You're so lucky that you woke up because it's not the fire that takes hmm. people it's the smoke mm-hmm. it you would have been Just gone slept. long before the fire ever got to you and burnt your body right it would have been that smoke and the buildup of the carbon monoxide and things like that mm-hmm. um that would have taken you if you had not woken up and and seeing that there was something wrong yeah we had this discussion and um it's not something i'm proud of but the investigator said, do you know what probably saved your life? And I said, no. Like, and then I started thinking about my guardian angels and did my cat swat at me and try to wake me up and tell me, he said, because you smoke, you probably could endure that smoke a little bit longer than the normal clean lunged person would. And something just woke you up out of that bed. But normally most people are just going to drift off just like I did when I was in the hallway, when I started mm-hmm. being suffocated out. Normally, if you're already asleep, it'll just basically, you stay asleep, you stop breathing, you, you have no activity going on any longer. You're, you're not breathing. It stops that you is, that quick. So a fire has to have oxygen to burn. Mm-hmm. And so once that oxygen is eaten up, there's none left for her to breathe. So it was really smart of her <clears throat> to get down to the floor where Isn't the that smoke so is strange above. That and yes. I literally went back to your elementary flashback. school days. Stop, drop, and roll. That's all I can think about. Stop, drop, and roll. Yep. And so what happened there is she already had this muscle memory set in her mind from her childhood mm-hmm. of practicing that somewhere in her elementary school. And it brought it back to her mind. And that's why it's so Just important for people 
to practice their evacuation plans, know exactly what you're going to do, have them go along the wall and practice it not only during the day, but at night. Yeah. Because that's when most fires happen in our homes is between 8.30 p.m. and 8.30 a.m. Sure. So you should actually have a fire drill and have people get on the floor and follow along the the uh, molding or uh, mm-hmm. the, the crown molding or whatever's yep. on the floor. The baseboards. Wall. The baseboards. Mm-hmm. There it is. And you and just feel along the wall mm-hmm. and get up. Blindfold. Yeah. Maybe you should blindfold yourself. But the tricky part is I was feeling along the baseboard, but I was hallucinating. I was in a different part of the house. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. So about I being had disoriented. No. She was already oxygen deprived. Uh, idea. And, and panicking and going into shock. Yeah. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. The Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services team want to remind you that October is Fire Prevention Month and the week of October 3rd through the 9th is National Fire Prevention Week. If you hear a beep, get on your feet. Fire is present. Get out and stay out. Call 911 from outside. If you hear a chirp, make a change. The battery in your alarm is low and needs replacing. The Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services remind you that in-home fire alarms have a lifespan of 10 years. For more information, visit www.sparky.org. And we're back with Lisa Grisham from Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services and Tracy Hoopengardner, a house fire survivor. Lisa, I know Tracy is sitting right here, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What might Tracy have done differently to have come through this situation with a better outcome? The, the thing is, is we are, there's lots of lessons that we can take from what, what Tracy this went incident, through. For sure. So the first and most obvious is do not go back into a house. Get out and stay out of the house. Don't go back in. And this is a preschool lesson that we teach. Sure is. Um, the other thing is having those smoke alarms operational and making sure that we're checking them. We should be testing our smoke alarms once a month. We should be changing the battery once a year. We should change the smoke alarm completely every 10 years. Oh, um, that's and, new information. And I, then the, even hardwired? Even hardwired. Really? Because hardwired have a, a backup battery. They also are made of plastic and things like that. So those things start to degrade. Okay. So even the smoke alarms themselves need to be changed out every 10 years, whether they're hardwired or not. Great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, and you not can to have, make a joke about it. No, but. it's doesn't, just... Doesn't your department also offer to come out and check your fire, your, your, if, fire, your fire alarms and make sure you sure, have... Sure, if you have a question about it or if you're not able to get to your smoke alarms, we have a lot of um, elderly adults that will call us to help us. We don't want them to get up on ladders and fall, and then we have to send out EMS crews for that. So absolutely, we will go out. We'll change out their batteries for them. We'll check the alarms. There's a date on them. We'll let them know when the alarms have to be replaced. If they are in need of an alarm and can't afford one, we can provide those alarms as well. That's amazing. And an idea just came to me because I am in real estate. What I would love to do is get some type of flyer that I can put with those newcomers to Cherokee County and let them know these are some steps that you can take and they'll help you, especially the elderly people and things like that. I think that'd be fantastic. Done. It's already made. I'll give it to you. Nice. All right. Lisa has all kinds of fire safety resources to share. 
Lisa, where can people get in touch with you? So we're in the fire marshal's office. If you need to contact us um, via phone, uh, 678-493-6290. Um, and then you can email us. My email is lmgrisham at cherokeega.com. And we'll have all of this in the notes of the show so that you can get that information. Anybody that wants to contact Lisa or their department, that would be great. Tracy, on a little different note here, Mm -hmm. you're a real estate agent. I am a real estate agent. What's your agency? What agency are you I'm with Atlanta Communities out of Woodstock. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that big building down on 92? The big fancy one. I go past it every day. And Robert Williamson and uh, Natasha Roosecrans are my brokers and they're phenomenal. Actually, that Atlanta Communities sign that's Uh out front, it's an LED board or whatever Mm -hmm. it goes by. Sometimes you guys have the craziest, funnest notes on that board. I love it. Yeah, they're very... (laughs) <laughs> they're very clever witty people i love it There's, it's <laughs> always cool fun. So yeah good. best so, brokerage to work for for sure what's yeah. your email address if anybody needs a realtor oh it's really simple it's hoop real estate and that's h-o-o-p real estate at gmail at gmail.com yes ma'am. perfect okay yeah well is there anything else i think we touched on a lot of things today tracy you've had quite a life already yeah yeah and I'm not including everything. No. <laughs> Maybe there's another show involved with that. We'll have to have you back, honestly. Right? This Is Us could take some scripts from me. There you go. Maybe you should be a writer. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, don't go away. We're going to be right back with some quickie questions with Tracy Hoopingarner. That's right. The Cherokee County Fire and Emergency Services team will be visiting kindergarten classrooms with the Mobile Fire Safety House throughout the month of October. The interactive classroom on wheels offers an opportunity for children to learn about fire safety at home. Students will be educated on smoke alarms, proper candle usage, kitchen safety, and much more. Check with your child's kindergarten classroom schedule for specific dates and times. As well, on Saturday, October 9th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., Lowe's in Canton is excited to help celebrate National Fire Prevention Week. Children are encouraged to join Cherokee County firemen in exploring real fire trucks and fire apparatus. Lowe's is providing build and grow fire truck kits for the first 1,000 children. Fun for the whole family, and you'll even get a chance to meet members of the Georgia Firefighters Burn Foundation. That's at Lowe's in Canton at 2044 Coming Highway on Saturday, October 9th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. October is Fire Prevention Month. And we're back with Tracy Hoopengarner. All right, we're going to have a little fun now. You ready? I think so. It's just a few quickie questions. Fun for you or fun for? Fun for the <laughs> listeners. All seven listeners. Awesome. That's what they wait around for. Oh, cool. For the quickie questions. Cool. It's really hard to say. You say it. Quickie questions. Quickie questions. <laughs> She's better quickie, at it than Quickie questions. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay. Nailed it. Right. <laughs> Tracy, mm. what's your middle name? Well, on my birth certificate, it's Cherie. Mm-hmm. I recently changed it after the fire because I changed my maiden name to my middle name to carry on my father's legacy of Atkins. So it was Cherie when I was born, but I changed it to Tracy Atkins Hoopengarner. So you left Cherie on totally out. Yeah. It's on my birth certificate. <laughs> That's still in there then. My We're pops good. was really important to Atkins. me. Atkins. Do you prefer autumn or spring? Autumn. What was your last Halloween costume that you wore? Oh, Lord. Come on. Do, do, it was do. really bad. Is it, <laughs> yeah, is it, I just, is it G-rated? Or? I, yes, of course. <laughs> <Okay>. No. <laughs> I literally thought, I'm going to become a 
cool paint artist with my face this year. And I tried to go by one of those tutorials and I, I made myself into a scary pumpkin face, a scary pumpkin face. And instead it looked really scary, (laughs) like old lady face. (laughs) Oh, lady pumpkin face. Yeah. Not again. (laughs) Too bad. We don't have the visual on that one. I'll send you a picture. There we go. It's kind of, it's, Kind of funny. Tracy, do you snore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As she drinks coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. All right. Where's a place that you most want to travel? Again, I would love to go to Hawaii. <gasps> Again? You've yeah. been? Yes, we did go um, years ago. I was um, with my husband's family. We all flew out there. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Who's quick? Who's quicker to get ready? You or Duff? Me. <laughs> Uh, on a scale from one to 10, how good you, how good are you at keeping secrets? Oh, 10 being the most secretive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a 10. You can hold a secret that good. Oh yeah. Wow. I'm a very loyal person when it comes to my, to my people. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite city outside of Cherokee County in the world? In the world? Yeah. My favorite city. Oh boy. Mm, that's really kind of hard that I've been to clearly because I wouldn't enjoy it as much. What's a city in Hawaii you want to go back to? Well, I mean, yeah, Honolulu, um, the island of Waikiki, right? The Wait, Waikiki island of is... Honolulu. I don't know. We'll have to get that. It'd be Waikiki. I think Waikiki is the city. Hoopengardner and Waikiki. I, I feel like I'm in a whole different language. <laughs> <laughs> Mahalo. Mahalo. <laughs> and finally, what is your favorite restaurant in Cherokee County? Oh, my favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean... Are we talking franchise, big corporations? I would have to say, honestly, let me think about this. Hold on. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy salt. I like Ah. the atmosphere. I like it downtown. They have great food. Downtown Woodstock. Yes, I'd have to go with that for sure. What's your favorite food there? Um, What did we have? It was a chicken. It was some some grilled chicken dinner Mm. plate. Yum. Mm -hmm. How about you, Lisa? What's your favorite restaurant in Cherokee? I actually was going to say salt as well. Isn't that (gasps) funny? but I like their lettuce wraps. Oh, uh, I did have those too. They are good. <laughs> they are really good. I had their mussels there mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, over the top good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love salt too. So, all right. <laughs> good. Well, thanks for playing Tracy. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much for coming in and well, sharing your story with us. Thank it was- you for having me. And I would like to say a huge thank you. Well, obviously for what Lisa does for educating these kids, because clearly we all know that that did save somewhat save my life, at least to know what to do, learning it as a child. And I'd like to thank all the firefighters and the EMTs that were so gracious to me. And I can't thank them enough mm-hmm. for risking them their lives and, and, and trying to help save our house. And they did a wonderful job because the fact that they even salvaged a half of the house is insane. Um, and then, and I wish I could remember his name, a gentleman, um, one of the firefighters visited me shortly after, not shortly, I'd say six months. I know we had just gotten into our new home. So we rented for about six months, maybe about eight or nine months, just stopped by, gives me a call, says, hey, I just wanted to check on you. That to me is very endearing. Yeah. That- and my apologies, sir, for not remembering your name. <laughs> We have quite an amazing team. Yeah. 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 Very caring. Very caring. So earlier you mentioned you wonder you were wondering whether or not the insurance was going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. 
And did they? They did. Um, We were at fault by, we had just renovated. Mm -hmm. So we hadn't had it reappraised, but they did. They took care of us to what they had in front of them. Um, It was a very long process. I'm grateful to Jackie Hoopengarner, Kurt Hoopengarner, and my husband, Duffy Hoopengarner, um, because I was still kind of out of sorts and on medication and was still going through a little processing of it. And to make a list of those things that I had to visualize in my house was a little hard for me. So they literally had to make an itemized list of every single thing down to the pen, paperclip, whatever we owned was in that house needed to be itemized and with an estimated cost. And they broke that down. And that was probably a good two, two month, two month process. I would say that's a lot of work. I yeah, can't even imagine. God love him. I mean, I actually honestly, almost grabbed the book to show you all the, because my mother-in-law, Jackie, she of course cut photos out of the catalog saying, you know, this is the estimated price, what it is brand new. And, you know, this is when they got it. This is all their wedding gifts and things like that, that were sitting, you know, they were freshly, I mean, we just got married in 2003. No, 2004. I'm sorry. So, so your, it had been just two years. It hadn't even been three years since we'd been married. And your wedding gifts are what you're talking about. Yes. Yes, ma'am. And Christmas gifts Mm -hmm. because it's really interesting because you actually said their wedding gifts. Did you hear that? You said their wedding gifts, like you were talking about somebody else. Mm, I didn't mean to. (laughs) It's really interesting though, that almost an out of body experience perhaps. Yeah, probably. You weren't able to be a part of that. Yeah, probably. Interesting. I think people just don't realize how, what a traumatic event a fire can be. And on top of it, burns are the most traumatic injury a person can have as well. So you didn't just have one or two traumas in your life that night. You had two or three or four or five. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you had a very traumatic event happen to you that day. And so it takes a long time to get past that. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. It does take time. Um, Do you still live there? No, no. Um, We went ahead and let them take it down, move it out, and we sold that piece of land. And now we live here in Town Lake at Eagle Glen. Mm -hmm. Whoop, whoop, Eagle Glen. (laughs) Um, Love my neighborhood. We've been there 17, no, 14 years, excuse me, 14 years, I believe. And funny, when we (laughs) were choosing houses, I wanted one house and my husband wanted this house. And there is a fire extinguisher or hydrant in our front yard. Perfect. That's <laughs> so the one you like, knew that was the one to get. I think that's the sign that we just need to go ahead and get this house. So yeah, he, he won that one and that I'm completely fine with it. I love that. I that's love our great, new home. That's a great ending mm. to a very, very interesting story. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And, uh, Now, let's put on our happy face and get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Absolutely. Thank you, Jody. You're very welcome. Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts. And now, stay tuned for Fun Facts with Katie. And we're back with Fun Facts with Katie. How are you, Katie? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This episode gave me chills. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. When she said she 
pictured herself or in her death many different ways and different times, but oh never gosh. in a fire. It really kind of right. went right down my spine. Something you never think of until it's there and you have to deal with it. I know. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. I'm going to go home and on my way, I'm picking up fire ladders to get out of my windows. Oh, yes. I'm Update not flying those fire alarms. Yeah, either that or a set of wings because I'm not flying <laughs> out of a third story window and hitting the ground. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Okay. So did you find any facts out? I did. Um, there's obviously there's a lot to be known about fire safety. Um, and this is really educational for a lot of people. I think that's one of the things we forget to check up on, but it's so critical and you don't realize it till you really need it. And it is October, which is fire safety month, fire prevention month. Yes. And October 3rd through 9th is fire prevention week. Woo. Yeah. We're in it. We're in it, baby. We're in it. One thing that I learned was about people who are deaf and or hard of hearing. Obviously, smoke alarms don't necessarily work for people who are deaf. So there are a lot of different special alarms and devices for people with those issues. Um, How would somebody that's deaf know that there's a fire? I mean, right. No beeps. Okay. So what what do you think? So they can't hear the beeps. So they make certain alarms that have strobe lights attached to them, which is common. You see that in a lot of businesses these Mm -hmm. days and in schools and things like that. They have that as an extra precaution. But so that only works if the person who's deaf is awake to see the strobe lights. Right. If they're sleeping, they make devices that will shake the pillow or the bed And also may have a strobe light attached as well that will be used to wake them and alert them if there's a fire. Oh my gosh. The things you got to think about. Right. And those devices are actually connected to the smoke alarms that would be, you know, in another room wherever the fire has originated. Cool. Um, And this is actually a much more prevalent issue than I realized. Um, One in eight people in the U.S., which is 13%, um, age 12 and older, have hearing loss in both ears. In both, hearing loss in both ears, not deaf in both ears, but hearing loss. Hearing in both loss. Ears. Yeah. So one wow. in eight people. That's a crazy high a, number. Right. I didn't realize that. Do you know any deaf people? Well, my mom is deaf in one ear. Um, they believe it was from when she had the mumps as a child, um, but can't totally be certain on that. But yeah, so she can't hear anything out of her right ear. Rob Lowe, he's deaf in one ear too. I think that was from I birth. Didn't know that. Yeah. Don't whisper in the deaf ear. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I've learned that growing up. Some of the best practices for fire prevention and fire safety in your home are just a, a quick list of things. Um, to install your smoke alarms in every bedroom, outside of every sleeping area, and on every level of your house. And keep your doors closed when you sleep. Yes. Absolutely. And choose interconnected smoke alarms so that when one goes off, they all go off. Mm. If, if there's a fire that started in the kitchen on the main level and your bedroom is on the under, other end of the house on the second floor, make sure those smoke alarms are connected so that in the case that you don't hear it in the kitchen, you don't have to wait till it's upstairs and in the hallway till you, till you realize. Good point. Test your alarms once every month. This is something that a lot of people, including myself, forget to do. Every but month. But it's very important every month because that could go out and maybe two weeks later is when you have a fire. It's not necessarily that they'll be out for a year before mm. something bad happens. And the fire alarms have an expiration date. They do. That's actually the next tip, which is to replace your smoke alarms that are over 10 years old, but each manufacturer, you know, has specific expiration dates, but as a general rule, um, replace them every 10 years. That was something I had no idea about until this October. 
yeah. until this prevention month. So yeah, the other, um, so carbon monoxide alarms are also important and they do make some alarms now that are combination smoke alarms and CO alarms, but you should install carbon monoxide alarms outside of every sleeping area and on every level of your home. And this includes the basement and the attic, but very important not to place those alarms near fireplaces or fuel burning appliances. Mm-hmm. And to replace those, those CO alarms between every five and 10 years. I'll be darned. Okay. Yeah. So all of these resources and tips can be found um, on the fire prevention website, which is firepreventionweek.org and also sparky.org, S-P-A-R-K-Y. But you can find local fire safety education info and learn more about our local fire departments at CherokeeCountyFire.org. Lisa Grisham taught me one more thing. She asked me, do you know that you have to take your fire extinguisher and gently tip it upside down and then right side up again. I forget now how many times, how often is that like once every six months or something? Oh, wow. You know what? Everybody out there, all seven listeners, find out the answer and send it to us. Yes. How many times do you have to gently shift your fire extinguisher? Yes. (laughs) I did. I really didn't know that either. I'd never heard of that. I didn't either. Also another little tip on that one I learned. Did you know that one of those small Fire extinguishers only has about 20 seconds worth of spray in it. Oh, that's not a lot. Yeah. So in my head, good aim. (laughs) In my mind, I was like, okay, I'll give it a test shot over here and see if it works. And then, oh, she's gone. Oh my goodness. So you might be better off getting a little bit bigger one because those little kitchen ones do not hold a lot of juice. Oh yeah. Yeah. You better, better know where you're pointing it before you start. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the tip of the day. Know where you're pointing (laughs) it. Anything else, Katie? That's it for me. All right. Thanks so much. Everybody get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Enjoy.